All right, what's going on, party people? It's your main man, MMA by Melkin. Hope everybody's staying safe, staying strong, staying positive. Yeah, buddy. Now, I've been meaning to do, you know, suspect picks for one championship for a long time. I definitely had to do something. Like, I got to change the schedule around. I had to take a chance because it is one fight night. Ten, baby. Now, in the East Coast, it come one championship, uh, the Friday fights, Friday fight nights. We had Friday fight night 15. It was ridiculously, I mean, man, listen, listen. If you need violence, you need to be, boy, you wake up in the morning with some violence to get you going. So on the East Coast, I'm in America. Out here on the East Coast is basically one championship all day. So whenever they do the Amazon Prime cards. So we have Friday fights. They come on early in the morning, about 830 here on the East Coast in the States. And then around 7, 8-ish comes on uh, one Friday night tent. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, which you should be doing, what's wrong with you, MMA.by.milkin? I mean, just type in MMA.by.milkin and just scroll down Google, baby. You'll find everything. But if you do follow me on Instagram, I, uh, I already had picks for this card. So it's um, the actual page. Basically, it says, because uh, you'll see it, and you probably glanced at it and was like what the hell with all the circles and and kept going because it says in bold letters one fight night 10 fan predictions so this is actually a contest that yet another contest that I entered into I won um yeah I mean one championship's been fantastic I, I never got the merch uh but I had posted the earlier mo merch that I got from them from back when they did the TNT special. So this time around, here they are. And that one, they were just debuting in American TV on TNT. They didn't have a card. This time, they have an actual card in Colorado. And, yeah, so anything that has to do with the U.S., they always put on the show. And, you know, they kind of, you know, try to seduce some fans into advertising their product. I mean, hey, it's smart, man. It is smart. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Like, so I didn't get the merch from that, but I was like, you know what? Hell, I'm gonna advertise anyway. They at least reached out to me. Maybe it'll come. If not, hey, they at least tried. So, um, so imagine free merch just to advertise their product. The contest, I doubt they picked me again, but I did enter in this contest too. So it was a contest where I won with 10 other winners. We going to be getting autograph merch. Hopefully that comes. And then with this one, the fan prediction was the autograph poster. That'd be cool. Especially if I can get to see some video of the fighters actually signing it. You know, we get that for the other promotions. Yeah. So um, I just did something real quick. So our, my picks are already up. I just want to do a complimentary podcast explaining my picks you know that's what i do around here i explain suspect picks uh, i mean these are you know these are you know i always come with the suspect of suspect picks and i definitely have one on this fight card so let's get it let's get it started people so the legend the actual goat the man i call the goat yeah boy, oh he has the most titles title defenses consecutive title defenses in ufc history he here he is the champ in one championship so what's important about important to note 
this is the for the one flyweight title MMA. You got to stress that over there at one championship because it got MMA, Muay Thai, kickboxing, jujitsu, well, grappling. Yeah. So the thing that's impressive about this is the fact that even though it says flyweight, he's actually fighting at bantamweight. That's why everybody looks so much bigger than he is. <laughs> Uh, that's why when people say crack the joke, like, wow, DJ's in here fighting a featherweight. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. The Orthodox fighter fighting out of Parkland, Washington, baby. He was born in Matsonville, Kentucky. 36 years old, possibly his last fight. I, man, listen, it's DJ in America, possibly his last fight. I had to talk about this. Brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Matt Hume. Y'all should know who Matt Hume is if you are hardcore. Five finishes via strikes, eight by submission, and he has won 11 by submission. I mean, well, by decision. Pierce College. If you know his story, you know that, yes, he was eligible to get wrestling scholarship, but things didn't go that way. And, well, he ended up going to mixed martial arts. And look what happened. This individual right here, he is a champion in two different promotions, something that is not easy to do. And also, too, with this, he's the UFC flyweight tournament winner because people saw the silver belt. So now he's the actual flyweight champion. If you watch the fight, y'all know what I'm talking about. And of course, he won and scored over at the UFC. He scored performance of the night four times, kind of four times. He has most consecutive wins in UFC flyweight division history at 13, most UFC flyweight title fights at 13, most wins in a UFC fight. Remember, that's title fights. Most wins in UFC flyweight title fights at 12. Third most wins in UFC title fights, 12. Most consecutive title defenses in UFC flyweight division history at 11. I posted that on Twitter not, uh, this week. Most consecutive title defenses in UFC history at 11. Most successful title defenses in UFC history at 11. Second fighter on UFC roster to be awarded bonus payments in all four possible categories. That is fight, knockout, performance, and submission of the night awards. Tied with John Jones for third most finishes in UFC title fights at seven. Tied with John Jones for most submissions in UFC title fights at four. Tied with Joey Tutom for most wins in UFC flyweight division history at 13. Tied with Davison Figueredo for most finishes in UFC flyweight division history at seven. Most submission wins in UFC flyweight division history at five. Most post fight bonuses in UFC flyweight division history at nine. Longest average fight time in UFC flyweight division history, 18.35. Most total fight time in UFC flyweight division history, most control time in UFC flyweight division history, most significant strikes uh, landed in UFC flyweight division history, most significant strike percentage in UFC flyweight division history, 57.2%. You don't see that with too many fighters. Largest significant strike differential in UFC flyweight division history. Highest significant strike defense percentage. UFC flyweight division history at 68.4%. Second least amount of strikes absorbed per minute in UFC flyweight division history. These are stats that you do should take notice of 
when you are doing your betting. Most total strikes landed in UFC flyweight division history. Most takedowns landed in UFC flyweight division history. And second longest average fight time in UFC history, baby. This is the GOAT Mighty Mouse. All right. Now, he is, of course, 4-1 in his last five. Person he lost to at one was Adriano Moreas. You know, they had that rematch. Said, okay, let's do this. This is the GOAT. And now they're going to finish out this trilogy. So we'll see what happens. And, of course, the last person who he fought, the you know, how it's just amazing how things turn out. The last person that he had lost to, that he lost his title to in the UFC, is trying to regain title back at 135 as well. DJ's trying to defend, trying to maintain and keep his title. Henry Cejudo is trying to get the title back. Wow. I tell you, man, that's, that's crazy. That is amazing. So, yeah, obviously I picked the GOAT to win. And he came in at a minus 170 favorite in this matchup. Whew. I mean, we're running out of the last remnants, remnants of WEC. I believe there's only, I think, two that I can think of offhand who are left. Oh, man. You know, it's, it's, that's history right there. This man is walking history. Speaking of history, but yeah, of course I've gone, you know, of course I'm picking the GOAT. Next up, we have Rock Tang. Oh, man. What can I say about Rock Tang that hasn't been said already? This wrecking machine. Obviously, I picked him. <laughs> obviously, I picked him. All right. And he's trying to do kickboxing and Muay Thai. Of course, you know, we you know we are a little bit worried about that weight. You know, I'm like, dude, just move up. Seriously, just move up. And of course, is the reigning one flyweight Muay Thai world champion, Jit Mong Nong, is also a former Amnoy Stadium 130 champ, 130 pound champion, and Max Muay Thai 125 champion. He's called the tank, but we know him mostly as the Iron Man. And I mean, he won score performance. Of, well, I mean, when does he not before, you know, score performance of the night, right? Uh, he does have the most decision wins in one championship at 10, longest one streak in one championship at 12. Uh, he does concern me with the, you know, he does the Iron Man thing, hits hard and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, it, it, you know, it does bother me that he, with all the bravado and everything, that he still wins by decision instead of finishes. But hey, and of course, isn't it again? The irony of it all is he's a co-main under Demetrius Johnson, and those two share the the circle. I believe that was the first time they did a mixed rules fight over at one. Rock Tank is a minus twelve hundred in this matchup. Edgar Tabares is the sacrificial lamb in this contest. Plus 750 underdog. A lot of people complain about this. It's like, why would you have this man? So hopefully Edgar lives through this matchup because many of us don't believe that he actually will. 
Speaking of flyweight, we have flyweight yet again. This, this time it's flyweight grappling. We got Mikey Mesamucci minus two, uh, six. Uh, yeah, did I? And then again, I'll emphasize Rod Tang is a minus 1,200, man. Jesus. But for good reason. Mikey Mesamucci minus 625. We have Ashma Alamarway plus 450. Now, Mikey. And by the way, I didn't get any of these numbers. I saw some of the numbers early in the week. You know, usually I do early week numbers. I actually didn't see all these numbers until today. I'm doing this on the day of the fight. Yeah, I didn't see all of these numbers until then. There was movement on the main. I saw numbers for the main only. Demetrius Johnson versus Adriano. And number, there's been movement where... Uh, Demetrius, uh, money has been pouring in on Demetrius to move it up to one, a uh, minus 170. Mikey's out of Marlboro, New Jersey. All right, so Mikey, I mean, he's won gold everywhere. He's won a gold medal everywhere he's gone. And he's a four-time world champion and Pan-American champion in color belts. Mesamuchi is five-time IBJJF Black Belt World Champion. That's Gi and once and no Gi. First American to win more than one IBJJF World title in uh, at Black Belt. And of course, he's their flyweight champion in grappling. He is, uh, so, you know, of course, I went with the favorite in that matchup there. The fight that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us, are looking forward to Stamp. Stamp Fairtex, currently at nine and two, former Muay Thai and kickboxing Adamweight title holder. She's also MMA Adamweight Grand Prix winner. She is currently trending at a minus 280. Elise Anderson, six and two out of Invicta, baby. Plus 220 underdog. Yes, indeed. Now this right here. So the key to this contest was a bold prediction. You know, pick and stand wouldn't have been a bold prediction. I do think it's highly likely that she can win. However, I went with Elise Anderson. Yeah, man, I went with Elise Anderson. Yeah, I know, man, I know. Probably a god awful, horrible pick. But I think that even though Elise is nothing is listed as a blue belt, I think that um, you know she, as we saw, if you watch the uh, uh, what do you call it? Not the face-offs, but the um, open workouts. Thug Rose had joined Elise. If anyone can give Elise pointers. Now, I don't know about offensively. You know how I feel about offensive jujitsu. And that's Elise Anderson believes that she can sub uh, stamp. My thing is, though, you know, with, with this fight, the height and reach, because Anderson will stand and bang. And I, I love Muay Thai. Technically speaking, you know, Stamp should be the best striker in that division. But she tends to, because she said that, she's going to lean on her. She always says she's going to lean on the Muay Thai, uh, which she does. And it's, you know, I love me some Muay Thai, but, you know, it's it's mixed martial arts. Someone can do kickboxing, boxing, taekwondo, karate. Muay Thai can't stop everything. 
So, and you know, when someone, you're done with someone with height and reach, we saw that with the kickboxing fight. Stamp's actual official last fight was versus her dear friend, Supergirl. Now, that's not a fair assessment because Supergirl is, is big and, you know, it's a different weight class. You know, uh, uh, the fight was agreed upon at 125, but Stamp only gained like two pounds. Uh, so, you know, she's in there with a flyweight, essentially. She's a strawweight in there with a, it says atomweight, but atomweight is 115 over at um, one championship. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Supergirl is, is big. She's a big big girl. So that, that fight doesn't really count, but we saw how that went when it's kickboxing. Stamp did have to change her style up, but it's that's different because she knew who she was in there with. You know, Supergirl is going to move. It, I don't think I believe that it wouldn't matter if her father was in there. She would go. She only knows one speed. So Stamp, knowing that, kind of just reserved to countering and then getting being aggressive off of counters, which is a very good plan. I didn't think it was a great plan, but um, Supergirl doesn't really lose her reach and length a lot. She kind of converges on her opponent and just tries to batter him. So it was a good plan for him. It ended up being, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like a bad plan, but it ended up being a good plan for Stamp. But I just don't think that, you know, I think that Lisa's is going to mix it up. She's going to do a lot of different things as far as the striking goes. And when you're training with, you can't, can't copy what Thug Rose does, but the way, you know, you show, if anyone can give Elise some pointers versus a Muay Thai fighter, because that's who Rose was successful against. She was successful against Wei Li, who utilizes Muay Thai. And she's successful, you know, well, twice in both occasions versus Yuani M. Jacek, who leaned heavily on her Muay Thai as well. I mean, JJ is a little bit different. Her volume, I really believe that she would do well over at one championship. Uh, JJ's volume, I, I really don't see to me, you know, a lot of Muay Thai fighters really using the volume and her reach the way that JJ did. JJ was very good at that. Uh, but yeah. You know, if anyone can talk to her about neutralizing a Muay Thai fighter, it is Thug Rose. So we'll see how the fight goes. More times than not, you know, and then Stamp is a higher belt level in this. I believe she made it the purple belt. We'll see. We'll see. Anything can happen. But yeah, my suspect of suspect picks on the day is a plus 220 underdog, Elise Anderson. Welterweight MMA, Roberto Sordic. He is a two-division champion out of KSW. Now in one championship, minus 500. Favorite in this matchup here over Sebastian Catastam, who is 14 and 7. He is a plus uh, 375 underdog in that matchup there. I, you know, went with the underdog in that one, which was a terrible pick. I don't know what where my brain was with that one. Sort of is probably going to beat his you know catastom's ass I, I don't know what i was thinking with that pick i was just racing real quick to i don't know I, that's a terrible pick that's a terrible pick on my part and of course um sage north cut at lightweight <laughs> uh yeah mm. uh, you know it's, it's hard to take a promotion seriously when they have someone like sage north cut there but again i'm not going to trash this Trash one championship or this fight card because, I mean, this fight card is stacked. You know, you do run out of people sooner or later. And I'm sure with this debut, it would have been perfect for the Lee family. But, you know, they're still grieving the loss of their sister. But I'm just like, why are y'all hanging on the stage? I, 
Well, they got to find out the hard way. Sage is trending at a one, minus 140. I don't know who the hell is betting on this kid over Ahmad uh, Mutaba. I don't, he's 10 and 2, plus 110 underdog. I don't get it. I bet, he, you know, I did not pick him. I don't think I'll ever pick Sage Northcutt in anything. We have, speaking of, um, again, more irony of this, Allah and Song, he was standing with Stamp. And, you know, Stamp was like, you know, it's my big brother right here. I mean, Online Song is everyone's big brother. They're both two, well, no, you know what? The two belt holders, no, you know what? The two belt holders, that's the only thing they have in common because I, I got to remember that Online is a two belt holder. But interestingly enough, his nemesis will probably, is, is, appears to be scheduled right uh, before him. His nemesis Rainer, I think it's Rainer. D, I keep calling him Rainer like reindeer. I think it's Rainer. No, it's Rainer, because that's how you pronounce spell Rainer. Yeah, it's Rainer D. Ryder. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, he snatched those belts away from online song. And then uh, Rainer, of course, yeah, you, you remember what happened to Rainer. He lost one of his belts. Yeah, he got, uh, yeah. Yep, he lost that light heavyweight title. Bad Jack. Lord have mercy. And Rainer is 16-1 in MMA. Online Song is 29 and 13. Unlaw is from Bellator. <laughs> Fang wrong. 19 and 3. And uh Fan. Did I say Fang? Fang. Fine. Wrong. Yeah. Out of China. He is coming in at a plus 300 underdog. Unlaw is trending at a minus. 400 fan has 11 finish has 11 submissions 11 finishes via submission six via striking and he's won two by decision he is coming off of that uh guillotine loss over vitale big dash at one winter warriors two so we'll, this is going to be a very interesting contest. I, of course, went with Ungla. Now with Rainer, this is middleweight. Yeah, Ty Rotolo. Oh, Lord. Now look at these numbers. Rainer is a plus 700. Ty is a minus 1,000. Yeah, for a good reason. If I'm not mistaken, him and his brother are trained under Andre Govayo. I believe that Andre... Uh, he is the trainer, the jiu-jitsu coach for Stylebender, I believe. I could have swore I saw them stand next to each other on Stylebender's socials. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, you know, oh, we're going to do one more fight, kickboxing fight. I'm like, okay. Keep thinking, is he don't got no kind of skills whatsoever on the ground? I'm like, okay, if he trained under Andre Govayo, he knows something. He knows something, okay? Now... When it comes to Ty, wait, wait, I thought it was Ty Rototo. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm getting the twins confused. But anyway, because uh, his brother's Cade, we already know that already if you watch this. Ty came is the youngest IBJJF world champion in black belt level in the history of the sports. 2019 ADCC World Championship. Rotolo at 16 was the youngest competitor to participate 
in the competition and also to reach semifinals where he eventually came fourth place. His um, promotion to Black Belt was in 2021. And yeah, and he's um, bronze medalist. 2022 ADCC World Champions. You see, what I'm, see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, this kid is luck. Nope. I am not picking on Rainer in this joint. <laughs> Straight up. I ain't picking that cat. I expect him to get smoked. I expect him to get subbed. Oh, yeah, I ain't really go over no parlays, did I? Well, with Demetrius, I think that would be by a decision. He's not really a knockout artist like this. I think Adriano would be a lot more careful, a lot more smarter in his fighting. I think that he is a very cocky, arrogant young man. That's why he got his ass whipped. He needs to straighten that up and swallow his pride. So I think that one will go to decision. And with Rod Tame, of course, he, we're going to hope that Edgar, he's going to get knocked out, but we hope he doesn't get completely killed. Mikey, uh, I can see that one going to submission. Because remember, Mikey, he gets, he, he gets stuck in his zone. He gets stuck in one move like he saw last time, and he doesn't want to check it out. And, you know, Al Marway is, you know, he's gold medalist himself. He's no joke. So, yeah. Now, with Stamp Stamp also being arrogant and cocky, so he's like, when it was asked, like, Lisa Anderson said she's going to sub Stamp. Stamp's like, how? And, you know, how's she going to do that? It's like, okay, you could mess around now, all right? You ain't no ADCC competitor, okay? Very good student. Very good jujitsu student, but, you know, come on, sweetheart. You ain't Mackenzie Dern by no stretch of the imagination, okay? So I can see her underestimating that, and I can see actually Elise Anson actually winning by submission. But I think that Stamp will win by decision. We had, I believe, Roberto. This is a terrible pick for me, and that Roberto will probably knock uh, Zabastan out. Sage Northcutt, uh, that, I believe, will go to a decision. If not, him getting knocked out again on Hassan, I believe, a knockout submission artist. He's not going to fall for the Willie Bobo. He shouldn't fall for the Willie Bobo. And you know how I feel about jujitsu doing the takedowns. But, I mean, look, what can Fan do? He's not going to know who on planet Earth is going to stand there with Unlaw Hassan and try to trade punches. So I think Fan is going to grab ankles for the rest, for the fight. I actually predicted to be a boring fight and Unlaw winning by decision. I have Ty, I believe Ty will sub the hell and choke the life out of Rainer, but he's definitely going to win by decision. Ain't nobody taking up those two kids over there. Jackie Bontan at strawweight Muay Thai. Oh, Lord. Oh, she is struggling over there, Jack. Struggling. Not fighting-wise. She is, she is actually struggling as far as her weight cutting is concerned. Yeah, her and Diana, Diandra Martin. Yeah, struggle on the scales. I'm like, what is going on here? This is not the time to be struggling on those scales. I don't know what the hell was going on with my girl. Like, this is not good. But even Deandra. Now, Deandra's kind of big to be cutting down to, you know, 125. Because that's essentially what this is. Like I said, the weight, the every, all the weight classes. And then, you know, a real funny thing, too, about Ty. That is the skinniest 195 or I've ever seen. I, I don't understand why the UFC middleweights look so big and the middleweights over here that they're bigger, you know, and they're, they're a heavier size. They're 10 pounds up. So I'm like, how is it that Ty looks so. He looked like he would get tossed around in the UFC. I mean, you know, with that jujitsu background, he would probably smoke most of them over there. But yeah, he looks so skinny. But anyway, yeah, my girl Jackie, what is going on? I don't know what's going on. I'm like, oh, no, no, Jackie, 
So they agreed on a uh, catch weight bout. I believe it's at 130. So, but again, have more divisions. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why, what's wrong with 130 and 135? That is driving me crazy. PFL, Bellator, one champ. What is wrong with one? I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it. And of course, my girl is coming off of that great decision victory over Amber Kitchen. You know, if you, you should know who Amber Kitchen is, uh, she did get brutalized by uh, Samila Sundell for the title. Uh, so, um, I don't know what's going on because you got Jackie taking out everyone who could fight for the title. Uh, it's just a hot mess over there. Uh, Jackie Valentine is 24 and six. And of course, Deandra Martin is 11, three and one. I believe she's one and one in, uh, one championship. She is the plus 160 underdog. I obviously went for my girl, Jackie Bontan. And then what we have for the opening two bouts, we have Karat Akhmetov, who is 29 and two, who is the minus uh, 280 favorite over Reese McLaren. I, of course, picked Reese McLaren. That's probably a terrible pick. Because, I mean, you know, Reese is another one, very cocky and arrogant. I know what you're thinking. Well, why can't, how come a fighter can't be cocky and arrogant? Like, what's wrong? I said arrogant. Confident? Sure. Arrogant? No. It's not a good formula. So he'll probably get his ass whipped. But <laughs> I keep saying McLaren. McLaren. I think it's just McLaren. I don't know why, why I do that. It's bizarre. You know, um... But yeah, Reese has been in, um, coming from Eternal MMA. He's been in one championship for a hot minute for for a long time. I mean, when Kana, his name was just synonymous with one championship. I heard his name. I'm like, okay, we got one championship coming through. He is currently on a two-fight win streak. So this is a very important fight for this young man. Even though he's the underdog, he still, you know, he can't be messing up that win streak. That is flyweight MMA. He has to get up there and get that title. Lightweight, they desperately need to sort out lightweight because we don't know if uh, Christian Lee will return. Don't even know if Angela Lee will return because of what happened. Uh, so they have to really sort out so Oak Ray Yoon, man, one of my, man, I love watching Oak Ray Yoon. You hear me? Man, listen, boy, anti-grappler, baby. Which, you know, of course, problem with being an anti-grappler is it doesn't stop you from getting knocked out. <laughs> which is what happened to him. He got smoked with them knees from Kristen Lee, which broke a uh, five-fight win streak. Wish he would have held on to it. Man, I wish him and Stan would have won. God damn, I wish they would have won. Because first of all, Stant would have been facing Hom for the title had she beat Angela Lee. And then, but, and then we would have had Oak Ray Yuna as champ instead of Christian Lee. And the Lee family could chill at home and not worry about coming back. And we don't have to worry about no interim titles or any that nonsense. We'll see what happens. Lowen, uh, Tynane, 11-1, plus 145 underdog. I, of course, went with Oak Ray Yoon. Like I said, all of my picks are on Instagram. You can go ahead and check those out. Hopefully, you can win. I can uh, win this contest. Definitely just got to give 
Hey, uh, just a shout out to one championship. You know, my criticism to them aside, I'm always, if you, you know, if any of y'all listen, I'm always going to criticize you because y'all can do better than what you're doing and you need to. Uh, so we'll be home of mixed martial arts. Gee, you need to be home of all the divisions too. Because this, you got hydration. You can't have limited divisions when you're doing hydration. And uh, weigh-ins, come on. Anyway, y'all need to check this out. One, Fight Night 10. We got not, we got regular legends, old young legends. You got to check this out. We even got someone who's as suspect as my picks called named Sage Northcutt. You got to check this out, party people. Okay, that's it. Thank you guys for joining me today. You can hit me up at questions with questions at mmabarmillican at gmail.com. Audio questions also. You can send in your audios there or written questions. DMs are always open. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. And follow the Lake Show. Check out the Lake Show. It's the best show in town for beautiful women daily. Hope everybody stays safe, stay strong, and stay positive. Take care.